Hey, it's Nathan with Nathan's Freedom Zone. I thought I would uh, make a couple videos as a test because I've been working on a computer that I got <clears throat> when I was in grad school. And it's uh, cost my family a lot of money trying to put me through grad school. But one of the expenses was a really fancy computer with like uh, 14 cores that could do parallel processing and... I haven't used it heavily since I graduated, but I finally thought of a use for it, and that was uh, video editing, because on my episode three of my podcast, I uh, I was video uh, using my uh, iPhone as a uh, movie camera, and I got interrupted by phone calls, and I just thought of different things to add to a uh, the video over the course of the day so I ended up having to um, make multiple files on the iPhone and then transfer them to a computer and use video editing software to uh, combine it all into one upload for uh, YouTube and it ended up just taking really really long time like three or four days because I was on a Mac that has limited computing resources and, you know, low low hard disk storage space, an old processor, and low memory. So, and I went through three or four different softwares trying to find one that would actually do the job right, and it was kind of a pain in the ass. But um, part of the part of the problem was that I didn't have storage, and I didn't have memory, and I didn't have a, a processing power you know, for intensive high-definition video uh, editing, which is kind of what these iPhones are putting out now. Surprisingly, um, the file sizes are large and the uh, resolution's high and takes a good processor to process it, but here's what I got. Um, I had to I had to get, to get this thing up and running. Um, I mean, I've just had problems with it here and there over time, and uh, one of the problems was, well, I finally figured out what the core problem that was causing a lot of issues with this computer is that it wasn't really very, the hardware wasn't very compatible with Ubuntu Linux. And um, I, finally, I finally found that out after five years of owning this thing because I would occasionally just get these unexpected glitches where, you know, the, um, the monitor wouldn't come on or it wouldn't start up right or this and that and um, I had it fixed once by for $50 by a company you know around the corner but I've been working on it myself for the last two or three days trying everything I can think of to get the thing to boot up again and you know I updated the BIOS and that caused more problems it was saying the processor IDs weren't unique some crazy error message so I, I downgraded the BIOS back to the old version uh, today I took took out the um, CPU coolant cooler and the CPU and I took the memory out and put it back in and um, that didn't work and I, a friend of mine had had called their computer tech support guy to uh, ask them if they knew of anything and he was like why don't you try a different flavor of Linux and so I was like oh yeah that could work and so I tried CentOS which is um, not Debian based, so this is like a totally different flavor of Linux. But what I was reading um, 
after and after trying to make a uh, install disk for CentOS, what I was reading is that it works a lot more stably and it's uh, a little, you know, a little less picky or quite a bit less picky about what hardware you're using, which is good because finally you see it, it's up and running, working just fine. So now the problem with CentOS though is that the um, software and the community supporting it are not as developed as uh, Ubuntu and it's really, I'd say it's mainly used for uh, kind of hardcore server data analysis that needs to be really, really secure. Uh, you know, not usually, not typically with a graphical user interface like what I've got going, but um, I, I'm working on this uh, open source graphical user um, video editing software. There's, I found one that I'm, I'm thinking might, I might be able to get to work on uh, CentOS, but. Um, you know, if I can't get it to work, then I, what I'll have to do is reinstall the entire computer again with uh, a different operating system. You know, obviously not Ubuntu again, but obviously not CentOS either. If this doesn't work, I'll probably just go with regular Debian. That sounded like it didn't. It could probably work regular Debian, so, and it's got a lot of support too. But the the point of all this is that sometimes, especially when it comes to working with technology, which is uh, kind of what we need to do if we're trying to reach people in the modern day, you know, with valuable uh, information about the great work. You kind of have to just dick dick the technology around, man. You just gotta make it your bitch, even if it takes four or five days or a whole week. Like, I, I literally had to try fucking everything on this thing. If you see here, I've got three of memory cards that I pulled out. Going through all these screws, I, I took this uh, I took this uh, hard drive out. I put that hard drive in a, in a different computer to see if there was something wrong with the install that I did with Ubuntu. And it, boot, it booted up on that computer, And uh, but I reinstalled it anyway. I've, I've reinstalled... Um, you know, I almost lost my website, NathanCrabtree.com, out of this. But when I transferred that hard drive into the other computer, I was able to uh, back up the code for NathanCrabtree.com. I was being a bit lazy about um, making good backups of that kind of important information, but really, uh, this year I'm getting my game together on a lot of different things, financial things. But, you know, computer and data, data tech and... Um, that's something I'm going to be, you know, a lot more serious about now that I'm kind of in the great work indefinitely. I mean, I was in it before, but it was a little more half-assed. So data is important when it comes to, um, you know, keeping track of large video files in, in case YouTube uh, takes takes your channel down or, um, you know, the video editing, like I said. I'm, I'm glad I got this. This computer doesn't have a problem because, like I said, it was re really expensive. I was looking at, you know, replacing um, or even taking it apart and selling the parts. I was looking at um, getting a new motherboard for it, which means I'd have to take the whole thing apart and put it all back together, and that may or may not fix it. Um, you know, and, and surprisingly, even though it's five years old, the motherboards were still like $300 for it used. Uh, so I think, you know, the motherboard's probably obsolete. Uh, you know, so I'm, I'm just glad I was able to salvage it, basically, and... Um, what I'm gonna have to do though for NathanCrabtree.com because uh, my development machine I, I um, erased the operating system. I was using this big guy as the development machine, 
And, you know, I might have to set up another computer I get back there for development because um, it's not being used right now. And uh, I'm kind of used to the Ubuntu environment, and that one might, might um, be a little more stable with Ubuntu. But I wanted to update on my progress with the uh, video editing computer I was setting up few days ago for my podcast I finally made some breakthroughs with it and uh, figured some things out what was going on was I was having an incompatibility with the operating system and the hardware so kept trying to use Ubuntu for the last five years on it and I was getting these silly little bugs like screen not coming on and uh Worked on it every day last last week for probably five five days. And then I, the video I made a couple days ago, it's a part of this video, but it was right towards the end and uh, I hadn't actually figured it out yet, but I sat on it for the weekend. I went to a peyote ceremony and I realized I kind of set the intention a little bit while at ceremony that I would come home and try it again and it would work. And just almost kind of knew that I would get through it and figure it out. And uh, sure enough, Monday came around and I was trying upgrading the BIOS a couple times. Uh, it didn't work the first time, but I got it pretty quick and uh, got the thing to respond. So. I got the new BIOS software on it, which is good because uh, it works a lot better and doesn't seem to have that issue about not responding to keyboard input. And uh, I got uh, Debian Linux installed, which is similar to Ubuntu, but Ubuntu is based on Debian. Uh, what I had tried was CentOS, and that was working perfectly last week. So that told me that uh, there was something actually wrong with my Ubuntu install. But CentOS didn't have the video editing software that I needed, so that was almost no point in installing that, except to find out that it would work. But uh, Debian seems like it's working great, so what I'm doing today is heading back over. I got the fresh Debian install. I'm going to get everything set up to do uh, some video editing and then I'm going to test and see how it turns out with these two videos that I've made. One, this one right now and then one a couple days ago. I'm going to concatenate the videos into a single file and uh, hopefully get it uploaded to my podcast. So that'll give me some good test data for all this new software I'm going to be playing with. And, uh, other than that, uh, I could talk about other things. Um, I've been making a lot of really kind of psychedelic discoveries with my Organite that I sell on my uh, website on, on eBay and Amazon too. But um, check out nathancrabtree.com slash Organite to uh, find some links to uh, my, my listings. But what I've been finding out about it is this year I started making Organite with um, a variety of metal powders. I, I actually started this last year, but 
I did some this year too, and two of them that I made are actually right here in my pockets. I've got identical ones, and uh, these ones uh, are kind of special because they've got seven, six different types of metals and shungite powder. So I use powdered metal in my organite. Um, if you don't know what organite is, it's uh, energy devices that are made out of some kind of molding or casting resin, uh, polyester resin in my case, and metal, either shavings or powders, uh, crystals, gemstones, uh, biological material. You can put pretty much whatever you want in it, but to get the organ energy, you kind of have to have some metal powders or shavings and ideally for for maximum energy what you want to do is use powdered metals because it's got a bigger surface area in the resin and the, the resin matrix will hold the powder so that it it's not quite touching on the atomic level so there's a little bit of space between it but it also structures it into different shapes you know like in that case there was a flower of life disc and uh, depending on what shape you use in your mold it'll affect the toroidal field that's produced and it'll shape it like a pyramid uh, has a different shape toroidal field than that flower of life, life disc but I like those large discs to carry in my pockets because I, I have pretty big pockets being a boy and um, I really like to load it down with some high energy stuff so what I was finding out though this year with these new organites. Those ones that I showed you actually have a tensor ring. One of these rings, which is, uh, if you don't know what a tensor ring is, it's a different type of energy device that's inner. It's two, uh, string, two strings of copper that are twisted together and um, soldered into an infinite loop. At a certain, they're cut at certain distances to get a different frequencies, and depending on what distance, you'll get a slightly different kind of energy. But, and all the ones I've tried have just been basically kind of giving you a bio-free energy kind of thing. You wear it for a few hours, and it, you just get a lot of energy, and you can use that for running or different things. I'm kind of used to it now, so but I notice the difference when I don't have them on. It's pretty pretty uh, pronounced. But when I started including that in these ten, in these organites, which is uh, if you actually it's this one here, I've got three of them on me now. Um, one of them doesn't have the tensor ring, but this one, um, if you notice, there's little cracks going around the edge. That's where the tensor ring is, and um, I didn't quite let the first layer of resin harden which so it was a mistake but I didn't let the first layer of resin harden when I dropped the tensor ring in and uh, so it cracked but it's fine it, it works really really well basically uh, one of the metals I use in these is copper and uh, the tensor rings made out of copper, so they resonate together, you know, on the atomic level. And that free energy that the uh, tensor ring provides kind of blows the energy out of the organite. And organite's already got a lot of energy, but it definitely was worth uh, 
the investment putting the tensor ring in there really upped the energy a lot. So I've been carrying those around and I've had some really, really profound uh, experiences and energies that I've been feeling. And you know, another thing I do with the Oregonite, I have some smaller ones that also I carry tensor rings on the outside of when I go running. And I typically go running for about five miles or so at least. And do that maybe once or twice a week now. But I've really gotten in tune with the uh, energy of the Organite. So I'll just describe some of the things I experience. And, you know, I'm not asking you to believe any of this. But you just... I spent a lot of time around this stuff in the last three years. Been making it. Been experimenting with different metals. And... I've also got a really wide open third eye, so my imagination is very, very much, a uh, very powerful imagination, and I can do a little bit of remote viewing, and I'm very in tune with my astral spirit body, so if you're kind of energetically sensitive, or, you know, into the crystal energy, or bio energy, or third eye, or uh, psychedelics, or imagination, anything like that, then you'll probably you'll probably get what I'm talking about, but if you're very, you know, not into any of that kind of stuff, this might all sound like crazy, uh, hippie nonsense, so take it or leave it, but here's my experience with the Organite. What happens is when you combine uh, the six combination metal powder, Organite, and you really load it in there, saturate the resin with the metals and the Shungite powder too, what you get is a uh, variety of energies that adds up to more than the sum of its parts. And you get special energy that you wouldn't get with any one metal by itself. So the metals that I include are iron. That's new this year. Stainless steel. Copper. Brass. Bronze and bismuth. And I can describe kind of each of the properties of those uh, individually. So the iron, what I found this year, and this was a new finding, in the past I'd only used copper and stainless steel and then I would make a combination of copper and stainless steel, but iron was a whole new uh, animal. And a lot of times Organite has a iron oxide powder and that's what you'll see typically if you see a black black powder and, and some organite, it'll probably be iron oxide. Because it's actually a lot cheaper than just straight iron powder. But I just kind of wanted to do straight iron, so that's what I got. And uh, it has great, amazing effects, really. So what I get off the iron, and I haven't even made an organite iron piece alone. I just made these combination pieces. But what you get basically is when you're wearing the iron organite, the uh, it feels like because the devices interact with your biofield bio and your body, and I had a very pronounced feeling of heaviness and invulnerability when I was carrying the iron organite. It felt like see I've got three big ones on right now, and it feels like you're uh, really really heavy and your body moves a lot slower and when when I notice when I carry the ones that have iron in them and the other metals when I go running the whole workout is more difficult uh, 
it's diff every single step of the run is more difficult. Uh, you know, I have to use more uh, muscle. I have to use more energy and more muscle to, to carry myself along, and I, I run a little bit slower on it. So that's pretty profound by itself. I mean, the, the actual weight of the devices isn't very different between, you know, my bismuth ones, because I made some that have just bismuth. And um, the weight of those versus, you know, a straight copper one or a stainless steel and then the one that has the iron and uh, the other metals is not very, very much different. I mean, I haven't weighted or anything, but it's kind of a small device when I go running. So it's not, it's not going to be a big difference in weight. And it wouldn't really, that wouldn't really explain why your whole body would move slower just because um, you're carrying something in your hand that weighs a few ounces more and it just doesn't make sense so it's the way it's working though is interacting with your energetic body and your uh, astral body and your spirit body which is kind of which is kind of uh, fun it's kind of prime or comes before I guess the material body you could say so Here's, here's an example of one that I, that I take running. It doesn't have the iron in it. This one's actually just pure bismuth. But you can see about what I'm talking about, the, the size. I like to carry them like this. So it's really an ideal size for, for me to go run five miles. And uh, I, like I said, I put a tensor ring around them because I don't have tensor rings in these ones. And I'm going to have to get more molds for these, something or something similar because uh, the molds I was using were kind of harder plastic material and I'll actually show you what happened to the molds. It's kept, I went through probably three sets of these molds before I just gave up on them because uh, they're not really the right material for the resin I'm using. I'm kind of having problems with my lights in the house. I need to do a little work replacing them. but. What ended up happening to my molds was uh, they got stuck. My I made Organite got totally stuck in the molds, so you can't really see it. But I just put them under my Wi-Fi router. There's, I think five of four of those iron ones with all the other metals blocking my Wi-Fi router and a big tensor ring. And you know, Wi-Fi is uh, not a good energy, so I just I know it's there, so I just kind of loaded up without all I got in the way. But um. One thing, so what I've noticed though, carrying the uh, bismuth only organites, and they've got shungite in there too. And I'll explain what shungite does as well, but the bismuth energy is an electric energy. It, what I see when I tune into it with my third eye, which is again in your imagination, I don't physically see this, is uh, electricity shooting out blue electricity typically maybe sometimes I'll see some yellow but typically I see a blue light beam of electric energy shooting out of one side of it and the side that has the bismuth because they separate in the mold when I whenever I mix bismuth and uh, shungite it separates and I don't know if you can see it but there's actually a gradient in the color on these where the Shungite's on one side, and uh, Bismuth's on the, the front. Bismuth on this side, Shungite, black Shungite powder on this side. 
That's just because they weigh different amounts and they separate it in the mold. But the side that has the bismuth, though, shoots a um, blue light beam of electricity out of it. Very high energy stuff. Whenever I go running with that, what I get is uh, very light on my feet feeling. Uh, almost like it's very, very easy to run. I run faster, uh, but it's not as protective against the um, electromagnetic frequencies in the uh, power lines or, you know, smart meters, that kind of stuff. Not as protective, but very, very high energy. Uh, it almost feels like I'm flying when I'm carrying these in a way. What one thing I, I've done with them once was uh, carry it like this. Two of them kind of carry it like this when I'm uh, flying around. And then it almost feels like I'm some kind of helicopter thing, just flying around, you know? But uh, that's quite a bit different, though, when, than the one that's got all the different metals. Uh, it's got that energy in it, which is the key. Because I put bismuth energy in with the iron, stainless steel, copper, brass, and bronze. And uh, what ends up happening is I've got that um, electric energy, but I've also got that impenetrable, heavy uh, structure, structural support energy of uh, the iron. And the stainless steel, the energy I get off that is a white, uh, bright light uh, that's cooling, very cool type of energy, and it's uh, healing. So it's very good for energetic healing work. Good for third eye. You can one thing you can do with these is point the uh, radionic radiation that's emanating from the stuff at yourself or different objects, and you can actually tune into them very easily with your third eye. So if you need to do some like psychic surgery, for example, what you can do is here's here's a stainless stainless guy and. Uh, this is a, another cool shape that I've been working with, but it kind of creates a torus, toroidal field. I mean, they all create toroidal fields, but this one kind of has a kind of like a um, sunflower design. It's really good, really good toroidal field design, but um, it'll radiate this white light out of it, and it's almost like a flashlight in your third eye or imagination. Uh, not everybody can tune into these things, but a lot of people can. A lot of times you'll just feel the energy in your astral body or your kind of emotional, physical bio makeup. It's got a, a very pronounced feel to it as well as a, um, if you're good with the third eye, you can definitely see things in, uh, in there. But one thing you can do with that um, radiation, though, the white light, is you can shine it on at your body and then you can see it light up different parts of your body. And with the... Um, with the uh, stainless steel white light, I can kind of see my skin, skin with it more so. Whereas with the uh, bismuth, the high energy electric bismuth, it's totally different when you shoot it at yourself. You actually you see your skeleton in the third eye, so it's almost like an X-ray device. Very neat. I, I took me a while to figure that out. The way it happened though, I was walking down the street with a with a stick. Here's one of the ways I was happening. I figured it out. I was walking around the street with a uh, lightweight walking stick. This guy, actually. And um, I realized that I can channel that lightning bismuth energy through the stick. 
and it actually creates a laser pointer when I do that. And I can do it now because I've got uh, bismuth and all these organized, but I've also carrying a, a little guy that has bismuth and, and shungite in it as well. So I've got that bismuth energy going through my body right now, and I can aim this stick and shoot a little blue laser laser pointer through it in the third eye. And if you were to uh, shoot shoot it, I one time was walking on the street and I shot it at a um, a bird on a telephone wire. And I actually, in my third eye, saw the bird's skeleton. That was the first time I noticed the uh, skeleton x-ray effect from the bismuth. Very, very fun thing to do. But, you know, I sometimes I'll shoot it at my friends and check out their skeleton a little bit or, you know, let them play with it. And sometimes they, they do, do or don't realize there's light memes coming out of it that I can kind of see things. But I usually let them know because it's kind of kind of fun to talk about but you know and this is a very subtle type of energy it's not like shooting somebody with a death ray or a fucking directed energy weapon or some sort of microwave weapon it's like it's operating it's energy that operates in a different fucking plane of reality or something so it doesn't really have negative any type of negative uh, effects on on your biology uh, what what I found in my own little study that I did with some organite and what I've heard from from other people who've studied the effects of organite is that it actually upgrades uh, the bioenergy of different different um, plants you know they've proven that with just pyramidal shapes as well but I proved it on my own using some uh, organite that Jay Parker made Jay Parker's a really badass truth warrior uh, does a podcast called uh, Matrix Warriors and the Center Path it's on Revolution Radio Thursdays at uh, I think 9pm central time but it's really really worth checking out he's a, he's a cool guy I met him in person uh, three times at a free mind conference in Philadelphia I met Mark Passio too um, Mark Passio was one of my biggest heroes that's actually Jay Parker uh, it, he really got me into uh, Organite in the first place. And what happened was I went to that conference. The first time I, I saw him selling the pyramids and the uh, Tower Busters, which are these little hockey puck guys, and I, I just was skeptical. I, you know, I didn't think it was worth the, uh, the money. I was like, oh, that looks like a bunch of woo-woo stuff. I mean, I was like, I didn't really believe that it had energy. I was like, ah... Just looks like a bunch of stuff made into a pyramid. What's that going to do? But the second time I went there, I just decided to buy one because I saw him selling it again. I was like, yeah, why not? Get a So I got a pyramid and a, and a tower buster. And what happened was I was carrying the carrying them in a backpack. Pyramid at the bottom and the tower buster near the top. And after a couple hours, I it was definitely doing a lot. And, um, it was kind of freaking me out. After two or three hours, I actually finally had to take the backpack off because it was overwhelming. Because it was my first time being exposed to, uh, organite, uh, energies. And, uh, I, I was, my mind was totally blown out uh, by that. It felt like the whole building was spinning around the pyramid. It, uh, started to make me a little sick feeling because it was just so new to me. And it... And uh, one thing I noticed, I, I had a little cannabis, and that really gets you in tune with energies and stuff, especially if you're not out of balance with it. But 
I had some cannabis and I was playing guitar and had the pyramid in my backpack. And I just, I noticed that the pyramid, it felt like the pyramid was playing the guitar through me because of the energy coming off of it was resonating with my, with my biology. And I was playing guitar better and smoother than I ever had before. And it wasn't just because of the uh, energies at the conference. It was the pyramid doing it. And that really blew my mind. I was very, very impressed. And uh, that was one of the most profound things that really ever happened to me. One of the most. I mean, I've had a lot of fucking profound shit happen to me on my spiritual journey, you know, um, with the psychedelics and everything, for sure. But that was, you know, one of the, the highlights, for sure. And it was funny because uh, on the way home from the conference, actually, that's when I, uh, that night, I put it, I went back to my room. I left it in my room for a while because I the energy was so strong that I wasn't used to it and it was kind of overwhelming me. I felt better taking it off. I was like, man, whoa. <laughs> Need a break from that for a while. But I went back to my room that night, and it, the pyramid was there, and I put it on my chest. And I think I was still a little high. And I could actually see in my third eye the crystals in the pyramid and the, diff and the different vibrations of the uh, aluminum shavings. And I could see light coming out of it. And I could see vibrations. And I could see copper coils and crystals and stuff laid out. And I was like, wow, that's just shooting energy straight out of it. And I had a feeling if you put it on your body, the base of the pyramid was shooting energy into you. And it was kind of a relaxing type of energy. It made, it made, I noticed it made me sleep better. So I bought a lot of Jay Parker's uh, Organite. And, you know, I bought so much of it that's so that it just, I had I just it had to learn how to make it myself to save money and to, um, you know, to use my own creativity to see if I couldn't make, uh, you know, better or what I thought was better organized and just to see what I could do and, you know, get a lot more for my money that way. So that's how I got started. That was probably three years ago and it's been quite a journey. I've uh, got a re routine out of it. I've slowly tried new new things over time, and uh, new new metals is one of the things that I've I've worked on. There's a lot more metals I could try, so maybe next year. Got to make some money first, though. And uh, by the way, it's a lot of the stuff is for sale now, because that's one thing I did this year. I I got I took a lot of lot of time and effort to um make some products that I can sell to the public and just keep a stock of. So, you know, that's going to help me a lot in life. Um, I was having I was having trouble. After I graduated with my bioinformatics PhD, I was just having a lot of problems finding any kind of work, you know, that, that was good for me to do and uh, that could bring in any money. I was kind of dependent on my parents still. And, uh, yeah, the PhD thing was a big flop. It didn't didn't really help me make any money which is kind of sad because that was the whole purpose of you know me going to school for fucking 20 fucking years was so that I could make money right what was it 25 years actually or god I guess it was 27 years some horrible amount of schooling you know just so I can make money and really that all that schooling cost you know it was private school the whole time you know so it cost multiple millions of dollars I'm sure and here I am with nothing to show for it. But, uh, 
I picked up a few skills along the way, which is nice, you know, so. But I'm kind of starting from the ground up as far as trying to uh, make it, you know, just get by in life. And I was having financial problems, especially this year, because uh, I thought of a, me and a collaborator or friend thought of an idea of taking out bank loans and buying cryptocurrency with them. And, um, you know, I still got the crypto, so I'll make a little bit of money when it goes up in a couple months. But uh, really, when you do that, though, you're actually making the bank. make The bank always is guaranteed to make a shitload of money if you take loans out. And, you know, for me, it's like, yeah, you, you might make money if the market goes up and you play, play your cards right, you know, and nothing catastrophic happens, like none of your accounts get shut down, you don't just accidentally lose the coins, or, you know, there's a lot of things that can go wrong in that process. Um, so, you know, that was a year ago, and I've just had a hard year paying, paying interest payments on it, and not having any spending money, and not having a job, and... So it's been kind of annoying, and I've got a lot of things I want to buy, you know, got four or five guns I want to buy. Probably, I could use a, a new car at some point, but my I like to run my car until it, it won't run anymore, so I bet, bet my car's got quite a bit more life on it, so I'm not really in a hurry to replace that, but, you know, I'm just basics, too, like, food has been kind of difficult, uh... There has been times this year where I wasn't even sure if I was going to cover all the the bills with with those interest payments and everything, and but I did. So you know, towards the end of the year, my mom bought me a couple gallons of resin, and I went through it all in a week and a half. And that stuff is so toxic, though, that uh, even with the gas mask on and uh, doing it outside with a fan on it, the polyester resin I'm using from Fiberglass Company. It's called isophthalic polyester resin. It has excellent results. I mean, these organites turn out amazing compared to, like, what's the other type of resin? Epoxy resin? This polyester resin stuff, they turn out like dense rocks. And I uh, really, really love the results of it, but it does release very, very toxic fumes. And even with the gas mask and stuff, I, I noticed going through two gallons in, you know, a week and a half, I had a little bit of lung damage and um, a lot of... Uh, phlegm or stuff I was coughing up and stuff that felt like it was going through my veins and my heart a little bit. But it's been about two weeks since I wrapped that up. I just went through it all and uh, got my product line. I'll actually show you some of the, some of the product I made. Um, but uh, yeah, why not? It's kind of a sales pitch in a way, but it's also educational because um, you're learning things. That's my own personal research about the Organite. But, here's, here's a lot of the stuff I made. I've got little uh, sheep. Uh, this is a shungite powder sheep, which, you know, when I tune into shungite, I get a, a very pure, lightweight, black hole energy. So, the first time I noticed the black hole effect, I was running around, you know, high on cannabis, uh, doing my exercise through the neighborhood with uh, a couple shungite tower busters and um i noticed uh tuning into him i was like wow that's black hole it's just black and it was coming attaching to my bio bio energies and i noticed it was sending black colored and it turned my entire uh astral body black so it was coming off the organites i was touching 
and it had a shadowy blackness that took over my whole spirit body. Really neat stuff. And um, so it kind of felt like I was a shadow, shadow man or something. And I noticed like when I tune into these ones that radiate more, that if you hold one of these black powder shungites, which is supposed to be super, super excellent for neutralizing electromagnetic frequencies, you know, making them kind of harmless. Shungite's especially good at that, but say, say if I were to um, take one of these stainless guys, right, that, you know, has the white light coming out of it. If I were to do that and um, put, put one of these black little thin shungites in front of it and then tune into it with a third eye, you can see light coming out of this one. And this one creates a shadow. And the light will go around it. And, but sometimes, especially if you use these bismuth, it's a little more pronounced sometimes, but this bismuth guy just got a big light beam, electric light beam coming off of it. This blocks the light beam, blocks it, and the light actually goes around it. So it's like you're getting an effect like, like a fucking black hole bending the uh, space-time. It's like shooting at this black hole, and it's absorbing a lot of the light the stuff that's going right into it, but then a lot of the light is uh, going around it in this teardrop shape. Very neat. Fun to play with. But that was that was pretty profound. I never made um, I never made organite that was made entirely out of shungite powder until this year. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't even know if you would want to call that organite because it doesn't have the metal powders. But uh, it's still an energy thing, and it works kind of the same way. It's just it's just shungite energy with quartz crystal in it. Quartz is a good amplifier of energy too, so I include quartz crystal. And when you put quartz crystal in the um, resin that I use, that shrinks down when it's curing, uh, it puts pressure, physical pressure, on the quartz crystals. And that's where a lot of the energy in the organite comes from. Is a uh, it's called piezoelectricity, and it's a property of quartz crystal where if you put um, physical pressure on the, on the crystal it has an electric a measurable electric energy and that's that's scientific that's just not new age woo woo or anything I mean not that this other stuff I'm talking about is just made up either um, you won't find it in science books because it's kind of you, you could say bleeding edge bleeding edge organ research and you know to be honest I'm the only one that I really know of I mean, there's a couple websites. One's called the Etheric Warrior, I think, where they talk about the different organ energies. But I'm the only one that I know of who's tried making or bismuth organite and uh, and really is tuning into the uh, third eye, subtle energies of it. I mean, other people are too, I'm sure. Um, I don't I don't spend spend a lot of time just researching the the latest in organite stuff, but. You know, I, I don't have a lot of friends making it or anything, so it's kind of my own little thing in a way, but here's one of the shapes I make. It's called a tachyhedron. It's a little more labor-intensive to make this shape and a little more risky, but I'm getting it down pretty well. This one turned out with no cracks. I went through a lot that didn't turn out right, but this one's also got all those metal powders. Very powerful shape. It resonates in all directions, uh, whereas some of those are more directed, like the pyramid, for example. Um... But anyway, so what the point of all this is whenever I go running with my um, 
organite that's got the uh... well and here's another good point of it um, I did some tests with Jay Parker's organite and when I was getting into it because I heard that it'll make biological life grow better and faster and stronger and I was like wow that's a very that's one hell of a claim right there, you know, why isn't like Monsanto using this stuff, if that's the case, and uh, I did some experiments, like legit statistical science experiments, where I recorded data, I was doing it, you know, repeating, I didn't, you know, I repeated, you know, five or six times, and I was having a very, very precise and pronounced 25% boost in the growth of sprouts. I was doing it with uh, sprout seeds. So what I'd do is I would measure out to the gram uh, about 50 grams worth of sprout seed. And I think I think it was actually 33, 30 grams or so. It's been a couple of years, but uh, measured out exactly to the to the gram, 30, let's say 33 grams of uh, seed. You know, broccoli sprouts. I think it was, or alfalfa sprouts, and then I would put it in a sprouter cup, and I would do that with four different cups, so you've got a uh, four sample size right there, and I would grow them all with pyramids on their side, so the base is pointing, blasting into the uh, cup, sprouter cup, and then I would, I would grow them all, watering twice a day with distilled water, for about, you know, four or five days, and I'd keep keep track of the time so that it's exactly the same number of waterings in time. And I would take notes and measure the weight in grams of the sprouts after the very end of uh, the sprouting session, you know, four or five days later. And then I would keep a recording of that in the notebook. And then I would repeat this experiment with the exact same conditions, the exact same amount of... Uh, of sprout seed, 33 grams, and, you know, do everything the exact same, and then, re and then record the num the weight of the sprouts without the pyramids, so that would be the only difference in the conditions, is the uh, pyramids, do four cups with pyramids, then the next week I'll do four cups without pyramids, and then the next week I'll do four cups with pyramids, and the next week I'll do four cups without pyramids, and record all the data, you know, do that about five or six, for five or six weeks straight is what I did before I was like, wow, this is working 100% of the time, every time. And uh, that's a pretty decent sample size because I probably did it, you know, with 20 different cups by the end of those four or five weeks, 20, 25 different cups, really. You know, five, five, four or five um, experimental repeats, but a sample size of probably 20 now that I think about it. And, um, I got a very, very pronounced 20 to 25% boost in the, uh, weight of the sprouts and, you know, the growth of the sprouts pretty much every time exactly. So that was enough to convince me. And I am a statistician. I'm actually a bioinformaticist. So, you know, I didn't even bother going through uh, and doing the math on, you know, with the degrees of freedom and everything like that, um, this, the actual statistical uh, equations and stuff to uh, come up with some numbers, you know, but 
the the what I because I, I don't need to I kind of know exactly that's gonna that's gonna be very very statistically significant so much so that you don't even need to even do that to to see it because it was like it was like the tolerances and the the degrees of freedom with the um the weight after I was uh after I had sprouted everything it was like all the ones that didn't have the pyramid were let's say you know 150 grams of uh of sprouted material after five days and the ones with the pyramid were all you know let's say 200 grams or you know 195 to 200 and there was a big gap in between the um the two groups so you know that told me 100 percent that this is working because uh there was a very pronounced you know precise effect so that was pretty profound man um i was like damn who knew? Who knew you could just make a pyramid out of metal and then the fucking plants grow better? That's pretty easy, <laughs> easy thing to accomplish now that, you know, you've got that knowledge. So I kind of went crazy with the Organite. Uh, here's some other shit that I, that I made. See these big dodecahedrons and this big uh, obelisk. Made, these are both made out of, well, this one's got all the metals in it. Um, this one is copper stainless this one here is just stainless and it's got these tensor rings around them too and this is a speaker so what i can do with this this setup is uh blast some really awesome frequencies through uh through that obelisk and those the decahedrons and um kind of acts like a uh, antenna you could say so it's almost like an organ radio station and it'll resonate with all the other organite in my house that contains all those metals and, and chewgite powder too. So it almost sets my entire house by by blasting. And I typically are playing um, either a lot of classical music through that, or you know some conscious rap music sometimes, or you know some. I like to. I'm really attracted to like uh, prodigious genius uh, type of. Uh, instrumentalists and um composers you know my favorite composers are mozart and bach i would say and uh really really oh vivaldi too obsessed with that kind of music but the modern type of music i'm always attracted to somebody who is just either uh, an amazing instrumentalist or just really tasteful in what they're putting together or, or with this rap music i've been listen, listening to k reno K-R-I-N-O, and man, that, that dude is a wordsmith for sure. He's like a better than, you know, Eminem, but he's not talking about garbage like, you know, Eminem used to. I, I, don't, I haven't kept up with Eminem, but, you know, back in the day, he was always talking about typical, you know, mainstream garbage that they're trying to get in people's brains, and uh, he was kind of facilitating that mind control of, that, you know, really if negatively affected my generation, if you asked me. The uh, the type of satanic programming that my generation got, just encouraging drug addiction, encouraging being a piece of shit, encouraging violence, encouraging, you know, bad attitudes to women, and all kind of stuff. But... You know, I don't listen to that kind of stuff anymore. So, uh, Kay Reno, though, if you want some mind-blowing uh, rhyming and, you know, just good message coming at you fast, couldn't recommend him more. Another another guy I like is uh, Beast Beast 1333. He hasn't been as active in the last few years. I'm wondering if he fell off the planet or if he's all right or what, but he's got some real gold 
and they've actually collaborated together on a few songs too. So that's that's excellent if you're into like uh, really badass rap music. You know, that's got a good message. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm blasting the classical through that stuff a lot. Uh, so, you know, back to the, the big mix of metals and what you can do with the organite that's got bismuth, iron, copper, stainless, brass, and bronze. The copper gives it free energy, and it's an earthquake-type energy. It's a hot, fiery, orange earthquakey shaky and i've tuned into that you know at peyote ceremony one time i was really noticed earthquakes coming off of my copper copper organite but uh that will resonate with the uh, tensor rings because they're also copper so that's getting you a lot of free energy and a lot of it's actually coming from the um electronics in the environment because you've got copper wires that are hot 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 wires going through you know people's buildings and like when i go running through the neighborhood the power lines have copper wires with electricity running through them and um that will resonate on the atomic level with the uh powdered copper organite you know mass that i'm carrying around and uh it, it'll cause the copper to just pick up energetic and as copper is a very good uh very good way of allowing energy to uh, flow. It's a very good conductor of energy is the word I was looking for. So it's it's always picking up energy and just rumbling. And um, ha including that in there gives you some free energy that way. But then the bismuth energy is so electric. And I think what's happening is when you mix the iron and the copper, you're getting a free energy type of mix. Because that's actually what's in a... Um, a generator, an electric generator for like a power plant is a iron rod uh, with copper wire, copper coils going around the iron rod. And somehow just that structure alone generates electricity is what I've heard from my electrician friend. So uh, you'll see a lot of that kind of stuff in electronics and generators and stuff. And that's a good probably free energy combination right there. Stainless steel also has a little bit of iron in it. Um, but... Just the straight iron powder is a new, a whole new, whole different animal than the stainless steel. And um, when you include the bismuth, you're getting elect actual electric energy just coming through the whole thing, powering it up in a way. So it's like makes it really active, elect electric, electrically, and then your body can resonate with all those energies. And so, what happens when you carry around the combination of those? So six different material, metal materials with with shungite as well, and crystal quartz crystal and um, minerals and stuff. And if you want, you can put bio material in it. So I haven't been doing that as much this year. I need to do that next year. Just remember to include some mushroom powder, even psychedelic mushrooms. You could throw in there, and you'd have psychedelic mushroom energy. Believe it or not, I, I've been wanting to do that, but maybe put some cannabis in one of them. Um, so be sure to include biomaterials. I'll be doing that next year. Uh, I've already done experiments with that, and it, and it works. So I, I need to include that. I was just focused on the non-organic stuff um, this year. But what, what did I end up doing, though, when I go running and just every day now? Uh, you have that stuff on your body, carrying it around. You're able to tune into it with your third eye. And what I see when that with a mix of metals is uh, the blue energetic ball that uh that i'm carrying around when i'm running and 
it's got that iron energy, so it's so it's makes the workout more difficult. But it's also got the uh, high energy bismuth, so it's also simultaneously giving me free electric energy that makes the workout easier. So, so it powers up my body, and then it makes the workout more difficult, meaning I'm getting more out of the workout, and I've got more resistance. I'm carrying; it feels like I'm carrying around more weight. So, what ends up happening is uh, I get stronger faster, and I felt my um, bones upgrade. My muscles get, have gotten more dense since I've made these big guys. Notice very, very pronounced effect on my musculature and my bones. It's all getting more dense and heavy uh, with more life energy in it. And, um, uh, but when, when I go running with the blue energy balls, those organites in my hands, I've noticed you can actually shape them with your mind into different objects, especially when they've got that combination of metals, because the iron gives it structure, and then the uh, the energies in the copper and stuff give it give it some sort of energy, and then the bismuth gets it electrical high energy, and you can shape it with your mind into these different objects, like uh, any object you want it to be. It could be some musical instrument, it could be weapons, it could be a sword. For one second, it could be a, even a soccer ball. You can shift it, shift it into a soccer ball, and throw it on the ground and kick it around for a bit, and then change it, change the objects into a baseball bat, and then play baseball. It's all in your mind, of course. But when you're running and doing these things, you, you notice that you can't do it as well without without the organite. So the organite is definitely allowing you to do some of this stuff. And I've just discovered crazy things by doing this. And, uh, like, one of the most profound things that I recently discovered, I was about three or three and a half miles out on my run, and I really wanted to get back to, to see my girl and back to my house, and I was way out there, and I was like, damn, I gotta get back. Uh, it was kind of nighttime, and I was just thinking about her, and I decided I wanted to run real fast to get back, and so, you know, in order to enable that, I just gave myself, I just had the idea, why don't I just give myself a jetpack with the organites, so I imagined the or I imagined a jetpack on my back, and I could feel it, you know, because the organ uh, can interact with your bio, bio and, and astral body and stuff, and I gave myself a jetpack, and then I channeled my fire energy through the jetpack, and I was blowing fire out of it, and I was running so fast. That I was, it was the fastest I'd ever run, and it was working, for sure. And I'm, I'm gonna demonstrate this on video, um, sometime soon, because I've practiced it quite a few times since then, and it works every time. And uh, it's, you know, I was, I got home in, in record time, fastest I'd ever run, and I, you know, it was just blowing my mind. I got, I couldn't shut up about it when I got home, and I, I, sh I demonstrated it to a few friends since then. And, um, you know, just little profound things like that, one after another after another with the organites. Uh, it's, a, it's a great journey, and I'm selling little guys, uh, little chips now that have all those metals in them. They don't have tensor rings because tensor rings <clears throat> won't fit in these thin little guys. But I also need to make some money, and so I can buy some tensor rings because um, I'm going to start including tensor rings in a lot of these because it, it's totally worth it. But, like, here's here's a good one. Uh, this one is would be great for a drink charger or to carry in a pocket. It's nice and thin. Uh, it's got all the metals and um, these little stones are different types of uh, minerals. Minerals, you know, howlite, uh, turquoise, tiger's eye, 
some good stuff. Red Jasper. It's quartz crystal, of course. But this Flower of Life design is also really powerful. And um, I don't know. I kind of want. I kind of want a bit more money when for the ones I include all the metals in. Um, so these little guys, though, I'm kind of wanting twenty dollars for these little ones. But they've also got all those metals and some quartz crystal in them. So th this will give you that uh, structured type of energy that you can make tools and stuff out of. Um, I've got a, I've got a copper line this year, and I've got. So these ones are just copper if you want to play around with that earthquake copper energy if you just like copper. A lot of people like copper. I like copper. And I make little owls out of this stuff. And uh, let me tell you one more thing. Like I was saying, I, I made myself a jetpack. I've made a lot of different objects. I've made a mech suit out of them before. You know, it's almost like you're in a different dimension when, when you're tuning into this stuff. Like, you're in a totally different world, you know, running around. I mean, yeah, I'm connected to the physical world, but also my mind's in a different place with the, uh, sometimes I'll go running on, you know, LSD or other psychedelics, um, cannabis, and I'll be tuned in with the organite, and it's felt like before that I've been a mech suit, you know, a big machine guy, me and a big machine going through a battlefield in the future somewhere, or, you know, I'll switch it into different guns and stuff. Like, switch, change the uh, organite into a, a pistol, right? Because the iron is is especially good at making uh, weapons. When you when you include the iron and the bismuth and stuff, it's spirit weapons, right? So I'll I'll carry one in my hand, then I'll shape it into a a, a handgun. And you know, handguns have uh, an iron slide, right? That that goes across the top. And um, they've got you know different moving parts right but uh, an iron slide and you know the good ones from you know world war one and stuff the 1911s the browning high powers they're entirely made out of uh, blued metal right a lot of iron in there they're nice and heavy you know you know it's going to work just based on the uh, you know no plastic in there not that the plastic guns don't work either but the heavy ones have a nice nice classic feel to them so that's kind of what i like sometimes i'll make uzis out of them when i'm running sometimes i'll shift it into you know because i carry two i'll shift it into a big rifle and then play around with a rifle and i'll switch it into a shotgun you know then i'll switch it into a, a baseball bat or whatever else i want and i'll play piano a big metal piano or a bass guitar but uh it's, it's especially they're good for making guns because it's got that moving slide and then the bismuth energy gives the thing a lot of energy so you can rack you can operate the slide with the free energy in the device and you can see blue light light beams coming out of it it's really really neat you know, if you're if you're sensitive and got a good imagination uh and good with a third eye you can try this out for your for yourself and you know might come up with even things that i can't even imagine so but the last thing i have to say though is uh with these big guys once I started carrying around the big ones that have got the um, iron and bismuth and everything else in them, it's like have it's like the same thing as the the little ones that I go running with, but more more so. So it's got more power, more iron. You can make bigger machinery with them. And uh, one thing I've noticed carrying them on, I carry them in my in my pants. I've got four of them on me right now. Um, but uh, here's one that the first one one of the first ones I made. 
that's got the iron in it. So this one's over a year old. It's got bigger quartz crystals that don't quite fit in there. But uh, high, very powerful stuff though. But when you carry this stuff on, on my lower body, I was at ceremony this weekend and I was walking up the hill to the well to get a drink refill. And I just had a flash of, uh, in my third eye of me being a uh, robot with a uh, track a tri a tri gear track you know if a track being like on a tank the things the, the little moving chain thing that the tank travels on right but a, a tri one so you know have a gear here a gear here and then a gear back here and then a track going around in a triangle right metal metal track that i can kind of like wally the robot you know, but I, I visualized that just randomly going up this little hill to get a water refill at the well, and I was I could feel the track pulling me up the hill. I was like, wow. So I've got a, so I had two of them in my pocket, and I just I could feel like I was a big robot with a track pulling me, and I, it was pulling me up the hill, and I was expending almost no effort, and that was that was really really profound, and I was tuned into that later on that night when I would stop at the gas station. And I noticed other things stopping at the gas station. I was being like a big robot with a track pulling me through the, um, I'm doing it right now, <laughs> a track pulling me through the gas station to the bathroom. And, you know, you feel like you weigh 500 pounds. Now that I've got four of them on me, it's, you know, it's like I weigh 1,000 pounds. <laughs> just even more power, too. It's like when I add four of them, I can go even faster than when I just have two. Maybe, maybe a couple of those have a higher concentration of bismuth. I don't know, but... You know, the track would go backwards in, if you want it to, and then you could probably shape it into a different type of robot, but I'm, I'm liking the track. It's kind of fun. Um, yeah, a big track on your lower body, and then if I carried those two in my hands, maybe I could make them into these really awesome, like, laser beam weapons or, or guns or something. <laughs> big Terminator robot, right? Anyways, um, so that's one of the, the, the more recent profound things that I've uh, discovered. On the organite if you the more of it you have around you know the better because you got more power more upgrades uh, like I said it's concentrating energy into my legs you know my muscles are getting way way more dense just feel like I'm powered up my, my imagination is getting even more stimulated and uh, so that's that's one thing I've been you know exploring for the last two years I don't think I've ever in the past when I was just doing the audio podcast I, I did go over you know, maybe a year ago or more, I remember doing a podcast where I was talking about the uh, organite discoveries I was making and stuff. But, you know, I've taken it even deeper this year with the uh, mix of metals and stuff. So you're getting, you're getting, you know, my discoveries as a uh, organ scientist, you know, it's kind of what I am at this point. Um, just doing my own, my own research, making my own products and, uh, using my own experience and mind and imagination and giving you uh, some bleeding edge information about it. So, you know, if you want to support me and uh, help, help me out with my research and, you know, with my podcast and life, and I'm in it all for the right reasons. You know, we got to establish freedom on earth. There's a big job that's got to be done. We're not here just to party and uh, just for ourselves. And, you know, for just my freedom, because I can't have freedom in a bubble of just me being free. I mean, I guess I could, 
but not when there's six or seven billion people on the earth all affecting the reality. So in order for me to be free, really other people have to be free too because it's a team effort and the more people who are free here, the freer and better the planet's going to be. And uh, that's kind of what Nathan's Freedom Zone is all about is manifesting freedom. So I now have a really good energetic, uh, you know, with um, not that money is energy. I think when people say money is energy, it's kind of a perversion. It's kind of like, yeah. You're playing into um, the religion, the money programming at that point, saying equating money to energy. What that's that's what the uh, dark occultists have um, done with their religious programming is convince people that money is energy and money is required and it does do all these things that it actually doesn't do. So I don't like saying that you know it's an energy exchange. You give me money and I give you organite that I make, but. I don't know. I'm still in the matrix, so um, I, I kind of want to be half in, half out the matrix in the future. Like I said, for now, I'm kind of fully in the matrix, and uh, the matrix runs on money, sadly. So one of the things I plan on doing with my money in the future is uh, buying supplies, uh, maybe some solar panels, some land. Going to need a lot of money for land. Uh, tiny homes. We're going to need some wells. We're going to need possibly a few... Uh, Maybe maybe a tractor or like a uh, bobcat or you know like um, I think that's called a well, like excavator you know for building structures. We may or may not need one of those, but we're gonna need some building materials, maybe some sandbags, you know. And I'm kind of broke right now, and uh, but in the future we're we're gonna be going down that route of uh, setting up the new tribe, man, the anarchist true tribe of the what humanity's birthright and what we deserve as as people on earth um you know sovereignty we're gonna need um you know everything to sustain life and to uh more than just sustain life to thrive on this planet while we're here and uh sadly a lot of that a lot of that stuff costs money right now so if you feel like helping me out a little better if you just want some uh badass energy and energy devices you like playing around with that kind of stuff or you're just curious you know feel free feel free to visit my website nathancrabtree.com slash organite and um uh we'll get some out to you so yeah I w i'd recommend though some of the uh new um shooting guide that i've got and these ones are probably the best ones that i make with all all the combination of metals and stuff so they're a little more pricey, but well worth it. So thanks a lot for tuning in. And uh, I'm going to work on the computer a little more. Get the uh, webs, get the video editing software. I now got a, a big video that I can really run this parallel processor, see how it does. And um, I'll be, I'll be uh, giving you all more updates in the next few weeks. I'm getting things going real good, and it's exciting for me because I finally feel like I'm effective in my great work and i i'm getting a little feedback from people here and there who are listening which is great you know i'm just spent an hour get putting out this great information casting some good spells and uh it's just nice to hear that people are are taking it in and what i've what i've noticed in my friend chance that does interverse podcast told me is um on those youtube alternative sites like uh 
bit shoot and DTube. You actually get more views as a uh, content creator than you would on YouTube. And I think it's because they're new platforms, they're blockchain platforms, maybe they're not censored like YouTube and the, the searches aren't as, YouTube's not trying to sell you shit and make money off of everything, so. Uh, yeah, I've been getting a lot of views on uh, BitChute and DTube, which is great. You know, hundreds of views already. And um, that, that gives me a lot of hope and encouragement and uh, makes me feel like I'm doing really, really awesome work. And I know if I just keep putting energy into this kind of stuff, we'll, we'll change the world. And I, I encourage uh, I encourage you all to use your voice and your throat chakra and take in more knowledge so that you've got more effective um, spells to cast into reality. And if you cast the right spells, you're going to get amazing results. So, as always... There's only two mistakes on the path to truth, not starting and not going all the way. So thanks a lot for tuning in to Nathan's Freedom Zone, Episode 4. Hey, it's Nathan again. So I wanted to update you all on the progress I was making with my computer uh, tech support. You know, for myself, I'm trying to get my video editing, um, Linux environment set up correctly uh, it's been real a real journey in the last week or two but what I found out since the last video update was I, f I finally got my computer running I got the BIOS up updated again so that's important so it's responding to keyboard input which is good I, that was making me nervous I was afraid I might have to trash the whole computer if I couldn't get the BIOS to, to upgrade again but that's taken care of. I, I find I got uh, CentOS off of there, the operating system. Now I'm trying out Debian Linux. I might switch to Fedora Linux, and uh, the reason for that is, is yesterday I I was messing around trying to get iPhone videos off of my iPhone onto the, D the Debian Linux machine. And it has built-in software that's supposed to work. It's supposed to be simple too. It's called OpenShot. It was. It came with the GNOME uh, GUI graphical user interface. Uh, came with the GNOME, GNOME desktop, which is used across different Linuxes. So Fedora is probably going to also have GNOME, and it might also include OpenShot again. But it, the operating system difference will is likely to um, make it work this time because it didn't work. Uh, the iPhone just wouldn't, I wasn't able to access the files on the iPhone, but it, but it was weird because I could, I could use this fuse method and get to some of the files, but not the camera roll. I could get to like three, three apps were coming through. I could get files from three apps I downloaded, but the camera roll, which is what I needed, wasn't, wasn't showing up. And, uh... I messed around with a whole bunch of stuff on the command line that I was Google searching, and that's typically what you do on Linux when you see errors. You, you type it in on Google or DuckDuckGo now that Google's fucking obsolete. But uh, typically you just Google stuff and, um, and mess around with it. And in order to do to have confidence with that on Linux, you really have to uh, have a backup plan. Because Linux is uh, can be can be a little finicky, and just type in and type in random commands that you find off on the internet, 
you know, if you've got a lot riding on your system at that at that point, it's going to intimidate you, and you, you know, most people won't want to do that, uh, especially if they've been running the same operating system on there for multiple years, and they've got a bunch of a bunch of stuff in their workflow that's dependent on the software not going down. You know, for a lot of people, I mean, that's how I kind of used to be. Uh, it'd make you nervous typing random commands you find off the internet into the command prompt to try to fix something in some software that might ruin the whole operating system. Or it, that's kind of what happened to me um, last week, actually, um, on when I was, you know, and I haven't got my web development software back up yet just because I haven't figured out which operating system I'm actually going to go with. And I'm thinking I might keep a... Uh, because I have a, I have another computer that's less powerful than this web developer than this uh, computer I plan on using for video editing. So I'll probably keep the high-powered computer specifically for video editing and other other you know data processing. If I ever need to do any of that, like my bioinformatics parallel processing analyses, I could do that on this server too. And I'll probably get this other one going up and running. I'll start with standard Ubuntu again, but if I have problems, which I remember I used to have problems, you know, I'll go ahead and update the BIOS on, on this one, this new one. Start it off with standard Ubuntu. And that might be good enough because what I had been doing before is I didn't even need the uh, monitor to work. Uh, I could just log in remotely from my laptop to do uh, my web programming and so I'll probably start with that route and see how that goes on this new box which is actually an old box that I have um, but what I figured out though with this Debian Linux trying to get uh, video editing going on it is um, I was having problems you know getting the data the video data off my iPhone and it was a real headache for, you know, a solid five hours or maybe even two or three days this week I was working on it again. You know, it's like for the last two weeks I've just been spending at least 20 hours a week fucking around with Linux software. And, you know, that's kind of par for the course as far as um, working with Linux. So, you know, this will keep a lot of people on Apple and uh, Microsoft's payroll, which is kind of a sad reality. But, you know, people have their own life paths and stuff. I'm trained in Linux and I don't like paying extra money for Apple's BS and then fucking Microsoft's total BS. I, I actually got off Microsoft. The last time I used Microsoft was in high school and before that I was I was on Apple. I, I tried Microsoft OS for, uh, you know, video gaming, which, you know, they didn't make a lot of games for Apple computers back then. So you were stuck with fucking Windows and uh, tried it out for gaming and, you know, typical Windows problems of viruses and you know paying a bunch for the operating system it's kind of expensive that they want to charge still for their shitty operating system so ha having you know the power of Linux at my fingertips now I can do things you know in a more freedom based way because that's really what Linux represents is getting off of Microsoft and Google's control and um, yeah Google too because Google has their own operating system now it's called Chrome and it's very severely limited I, I don't have a lot of experience with it but it, it looks similar to um, what Apple's doing honestly but maybe even more tightly controlled I don't know I don't really want to go down that route um, 
I'm going to stick with the open source Linux and just see what I can do with those tools. And you kind of have to accept being a, a Linux guy that you're, you might not be able to do the things that you want to do on there because uh, they, the systems can be very, you know, like, like exactly what I'm experiencing this time around. Just finicky si systems, uh, finicky software, things breaking on you, things just, you know, that you, you think would work that just mysteriously don't work and um, but the point is is you want to if you really want to do something on Linux and you know other there's other people doing it and I know there's people having great video editing experiences with Linux and it's there's a bunch of different varieties bunch of different software choices I just need to find the right combination of operating system you know machine which I'm hoping I can get my um my high-powered computer working. There's no reason I shouldn't be able to do that. It's already 90% of the way there. It's just a matter of operating system and software choices at this point. So what I'm going to try possibly, uh, I'll, I'll be trying Fedora Linux. Um, I've, I've burned through Ubuntu and marked that one off. CentOS is is not going to work. It sounds like Demian's probably not going to work. I'm going to try um, Fedora and see if the iPhone likes that setup. So if that doesn't work, then I'm going to do workarounds. And um, that's kind of what I'm doing today, actually, to get this episode up uh, up, and you know, in, in a reasonable amount of time before I get my real pipeline going. I'm still using the Apple workaround because I do have a Mac laptop. It's about eight or nine years old, and uh, it's really shitty as far as um, anything processor intensive or requiring hard disk space or a memory real shitty but it'll do the basic check your email and shit and um, so I was having trouble with the Mac laptop you know typical but I was com trying to get my video file that I took for this podcast off of the iPhone onto the Mac so I could get it onto the uh, Linux computer and test out the um, test out what whatever uh, iMovie variant or uh, video editing software because I, I do want to do that while I have Debian installed. I'm going to experiment around with uh, some software called Flow Flow something, uh, free software for Linux that'll do video editing and it's actually Linux only which is kind of an attractive thing for me. They're, they're developing this software specifically for, for Linux and they're not just you know focusing on another operating system or something and you know Linux is just kind of a um, you know, not as supported, which is could be typical for some software, but forgot what it's called, Flow something. But anyway, while I've got Debian installed, I'm going to try to get the files over to that machine using a, a hard drive. And I found, thanks to Mark Passio, because Mark Passio covers a lot of this technical stuff as well, because he wants people getting up and running, doing the great work of spreading information in the modern day, you know, using technology, computers, the internet, uh, not so much Facebook, but I encourage people uh, to use Facebook as well. Might, not, might as well use both and on that. You're not just one or the other. Go with both of those things. Facebook's got its time and place, but, you know, there's a lot of people, you know, like Mark Passio saying, there's a lot of people who are doing things on Facebook when they're really just should be should be putting their energy, creative energy, into something that's going to last. 
because Facebook messages people don't check on them you know there's almost no record of it if it's if it's more than a week old it just gets lost in Facebook history and nobody's gonna go and scroll through conversations that are three years old on Facebook I don't even know if they keep the data that long you know people sometimes they pour in their hearts out on Facebook with these long paragraphs and you know if you were to just do that exact same thing on a different platform like Steemit for example with the blockchain keeping history of you know it's not gonna go anywhere whereas Facebook it, yeah you could spend hours putting a paragraph on there and man yeah you probably if you're doing that you probably got a fairly large following and if you you know a few people will see it and that might be acceptable for you but for me that's not good enough and I think for a lot of people if they had knowledge that wouldn't be good for them good enough for them either because you know putting that much time into something that's not gonna look good that's just gonna be visible for a few days by a few people and then disappear into history never to be seen by anybody that's kind of you know you're working against yourself at that point so what I do with my blog uh, right now it's on steam it and I might even on my website I'll probably go ahead and do this just keep a, a text maybe even a database for my website I haven't I haven't quite learned the database software super well with this um, mean programming stack which which is written in JavaScript it's Mongo database express angular and node.js so it's really modern and uh, good for web development open source meaning I don't have to pay anybody to use it and uh, I'm, a, I'm a coder so I can I can figure it out but I'll probably uh, keep on my website NathanCrabtree.com actual hard-coded um, or even database interface a version of my blog that's just text with no distractions and no buttons and you know maybe you could have a, a drop-down menu that'll show you all the different entries you know in the database because I guess I should do a database and uh, that'll be as a backup to steamit.com because steamit I've noticed um, it's also reposting my videos for for this which is great it's a great feature and I like that anytime I'm I'm uploading to YouTube and DTube now steam it somehow catches wind of that and I didn't even tell it to do this and it reposts all of my Nathan's freedom zones which is awesome so but and at the same time it can be a little distracting from my blog you know having it depends on what I'm putting more energy into but Having a, a record of my blog that's real simple to read and easy to print off just on my website, NathanCrabtree.com, would also be an excellent thing to have as well. So I'll probably be doing both of those things. But what I'm going to be, what I figured out though, trying to get the video off of my uh, iPhone onto the Mac, what I figured out trying to do that was uh, the file sizes were too large for my iPhone. and. It was kind of a bad experience, but when I bought this iPhone, um, I bought it too small. I got 32 gigabytes iPhone 7 when I should have just got, got went ahead and got the 100 and something gigabyte iPhone 7, and I would, wouldn't have had these storage issues. But I got, the, you know, I'm working with the tools I got now, and um, there's workarounds, and I, I'm finally learning the, what the workarounds are. What I had been doing, making these videos on the iPhone, was. Uh, just using the standard camera app and it's doing everything in 1080p by default and the file sizes for that are huge you know like the last hour video it was having like an eight or nine gigabyte file file uh, size and that was causing me problems trying to get it uh, off this phone onto my really 
uh, old obsolete Mac with the that won't even let you up, update the um, operating system to their newest Mojave software. I'm still stuck on High Sierra or something. So, so it wasn't going through, but it would do lar it would do smaller smaller file sizes oddly enough and so I was getting some of my videos over but not the others and um, you know I was trying different softwares I tried the photos app I tried first I was trying image capture on which is built in on Apple software which is kind of nice because it's probably less you know memory intensive as far as you know iTunes or some similar software like that which is pho photos I've noticed on Mac is very similar to iTunes so I, I figured that would use more memory so I just went with image capture but it was having problems getting the uh, getting the large file sizes off and so then I tried photos and I could get it to import into photos but I couldn't get it to export onto the hard drive or onto you know an external hard drive that I was going to transfer over to my Linux video editing box I couldn't get it to I couldn't get it out of the photos app which you know was sad so today what I did and I had, I had had this problem I guess a week ago so I figured out that you can download a uh, video compression app on your iPhone and uh, it was free and it'll compress the videos that are in your photo library down to a reasonable size and I, ha I had to do that because I was having problems with my water distiller you know um, filter your water or distill it or something and if you're even I would recommend that even if you're on a well just in case uh, it's nice having distilled water is not have to worry about going to the store to fill up um, you know in the middle of the city where you know I wouldn't touch I barely I don't even touch the city water with my hands or take a shower in it I, I don't even go there you know my my parents have a well luckily so I can fucking use theirs but uh, I don't take showers in city water fuck that so I'm sure as hell not drinking it but in order to fix my water distiller I had to send send the um guy on the phone some videos and I was like oh great you mean by email like the the file sizes are typically too large to send an email with a fucking video attachment and so I was like great how am I gonna do that and I had to f I figured out you can compress the video and luckily enough it would compress right down to within that window that I could get it sent over to him and get that going but you know working with technology is it can be a headache and a pain in the ass, but uh, half of it is also your attitude towards it. Uh, and I've noticed, and what I've noticed trying to work with Linux, which if you think any other type of technology is like a pain in the ass, you know, uh, except for like Microsoft, I can imagine that being worse. But uh, just average everyday human stuff, you know, not coding. If you were to take all that frustration and headache and multiply it by like a hundred thousand, you you'll have an idea of what coders and developers go through just to to operate in that world. And you know that's what I had to go through working on my PhD and stuff. It's uh, the computers are um, funny animals or machines or whatever. They don't. They, they like things a certain way, and they don't like it any other way, you know? I mean, they've got multiple ways that they like it, but if you get any of those details wrong, it's not... You're going to get crap output. Um, so, you know, you just have to... There's patterns that come with working with technology, 
and I kind of forgot what, what got me going down this thing, but one of those patterns is, is your, yeah, here it is, your attitude towards the technology itself is like, um, are you, are you angry about having to use the technology for whatever reason? And I used to be, it used to be very, very frustrating when I was having, having people breathe down my neck and, you know, threatening to cut my funding off and my grades were all dependent on me get, fixing, figuring out these horrible computers that, that, um, you know, with their weird errors and weird bugs that don't make a goddamn bit of sense and you Google it for five hours and don't find shit. You know, that's, there's been countless, countless times where I've had to Google things for five hours and not figure it out. And, um... So it's kind of par for the course, like I said, and now, now my attitude is like, well, this is kind of expected, it's, it's normal, it's just routine shit, I'm not really that, um, not that attached to the outcome, you know, I know there's, there's a hundred ways to do this job, we're gonna, we're gonna just try every single way until we find one that works, and, um, that's kind of what I'm going for with this Linux pipeline, I just need to get a pipeline, uh, for now, from making videos on my phone, because I want to, I want to be able to do that, because I always have my phone, and uh, it's convenient, and I don't want to have to carry around a second piece of hardware, you know, because inevitably I won't have it with me when I get the inspira inspiration to do uh, the great work or put things on my on my on my YouTube, or or if I'm around and I have an instrument and I want to add that to my channel, or if I'm at a live show or a festival or something, it's nice having the that iPhone camera always there. And um, if I if I can just figure out a pipeline of getting it off the camera onto YouTube, that's really the bottom line. And I don't even have to go through Linux to do that because now that I've got this uh, compression software, and I also downloaded a second app to go along with the compression. And this this app's the way to go as far as making videos on iPhone. If you're having any type of file size issues. Uh, you can download an alternate to the camera app on your iPhone and I think the one I got was called mRecord or something and it was free and it'll just record the video in the first place in the um, the low file size format and it'll tell you even how much time you've got uh, on your on your space how much space you've got so that you don't use too much space trying to make your video and that's what I'm using right now this video was made on mRecord on the iPhone, and I'm gonna get see how that works, see if I can get this video off the iPhone, because that's another variable. Is it, is it gonna work with this app? It works with the compression software, but is it gonna work with this mRecord app? And then I'm gonna get that onto my Mac for now, and then get that onto my uh, Debian machine, and then tr experiment with this flow, um, whatever it is, this, uh, video editing software. I'm going to experiment with that and then hopefully be able to upload straight from my Debian machine and have a video that actually works with the sound and video synced up correctly, you know, and see see how that looks um, on my YouTube and stuff. And So that's where I'm at with that and uh, I just wanted to update y'all um, because I was talking a lot about um, technical issues uh, getting started on this path of making great work videos just how much how much trouble or how much effort it takes because that's something that Mark Passio talks about is you know changing the world into something that's tolerable and and helpful to people requires a uh, consistent it requires effort consistent effort over a long period of time and you can't just give up 
you know, after trying for an hour and thinking that it's not having an effect. It'll have a small effect. You know, these words I'm putting out have a small effect, but if I just keep doing it for, the, for my whole life, it, that'll add up to a, a really big effect. And um, working with the technology is the same way. You just do a little bit when you feel like it every day. And, uh, you know, I've got a, about an hour right now that I'm going to experiment with the Debian Linux and uh, see if I can't get my videos over onto that box so that uh, tomorrow maybe I can try the video editing software. And we'll see how that goes. I, and then after that, what I'm going to do, I'm going to try, like I said, Fedora Linux, see if I can't get Fedora to read the files from, from the iPhone. If not, then I'll just be going through this Mac intermediary for, intermediary for now. But that that's just fine. You know, the effect, as long as I can get the video from the phone up to the... Uh, up to uh, um, YouTube and DTube and everything. That's all that really matters. And like I said, I don't really have to use Linux to do that, um, but I would like to. And uh, especially if my Mac boxes break down, I don't really want to have to go out and buy a new Mac because I don't, I don't want to give money to Apple. And hopefully, you know, I won't need to. So we'll see how that goes. But thanks for tuning in, and uh, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Even if you're not technical, you can kind of see the um, type of work that goes into just something as basic as getting making a YouTube video. So stay on the path. You know, there's only two mistakes, you know, on the path to truth and not starting and not going all the way. So see you next time.